Welcome to Protect Our Past, where we value the historic identity of Cape Cod and the islands and are implementing solutions to turn around the tide of demolition. Because we care about saving history and this planet, and yes, the two do go together. And I'm Ellen Briggs, founder and president of this nonprofit organization. Check us out on protectourpast.org. And yes, big exclamation point. We are a 501c3. Finally, Yay. it all went through. Yoo-hoo! So Matt Holden, you just heard his voice, is now a, this is another drum roll. He's now a board of directors member. Yeah, we're really thrilled to have Thank him on our Thank you for having board. me, Ellen. Great you, to be back on the air with you. It is, and you've earned this, so I'm just well, thrilled. Well, thank you. Plus, you're Mr. Personality, and we do like that <laughs> as well. Yeah. So, um, so Ella, we, what are we doing today? Well, we have a wonderful guest with us today. We as always, always do. Yep. Yes. And it's Dennis Williams. Do you want to tell people about Dennis? Oh, uh, I can, yes. Uh, first of all, great to be on the air here in the WOMR studios, and happy Thanksgiving to the OMR listening audience. And we do have a special guest. Uh, his name is uh, Dennis Williams. Uh, Dennis is a producer. He's a partner with Three Bridges Consulting and uh, has made a tenured career in broadcasting. Now, Dennis, um, I met you at the gala in 2022. And if uh, I remember, you started your career work on the news desk as an anchor in Buffalo, New York. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. I was uh, mostly a sportscaster there, um, covering the, the Bills and the Sabres and all the sports I could cover in Buffalo uh, for about 15 years. Yeah. Oh, that's yep. great. And then I, I moved out of that side of the business and went into the sales and marketing side. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the cars all the sales guys drove, and I was getting pay cuts <laughs> at the time. So. <laughs> well, fortunately for Protect Our Past, uh, Dennis stepped up to be producer for both of our films, Love Letter to Cape Cod and Life Rings. So, Dennis, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to be with us on OMR. Oh, it's great to be here. It's always a thrill to talk with Ellen and, and talk about this uh, great cause, Protect Our Past. It's Obviously, um, just an amazing organization doing great work um, on Cape Cod. So, um, happy to be with you. Great. Well, I just want you to take a minute to explain to everybody why you've gone from Buffalo to actually, I know that you now office in Florida, but have a heart for Cape Cod. Why is that? Well, I grew up in Harwich. I moved there when I was seven years old, and uh, that's my hometown, and I went to high school there. Um, and my parents are still there. They've been there 45 plus years. Um, and that is, uh, that's a big reason why, um, you know, Cape Cod is near and dear to my heart. I, I say, I'd like to say, uh, my favorite holiday, uh, of the year. It's kind of my Christmas is 4th of July in Chatham. I love, I love the Cape. I love, you know, everything about being there, especially in the summer. And, um, yeah, and it's been just amazing to be a part of this and, and, and realize how much I didn't know about Cape Cod. But I know we're going to get into that a little later. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's just been, uh, it's been awesome. Well, there's a lot of history on Cape Cod, Dennis. And, um, you know, you mentioned your love uh, about Cape Cod. And what stirred your interest in history? You know, I think it was my, my grandfather and just, just my, you know, just the way I was. I, I wasn't really, I knew I wasn't ever going to make a living doing math or science. So, <laughs> so I was, I was more of that kind of brain. So I loved kind of studying history and learning about, 
um, you know, I was a history major in college. Um, so yeah, it, it's always been something I've just been interested in. And I, I took for granted where I lived. I didn't really understand. When I was a kid, they didn't really teach Cape history. They just taught history like they would, would have taught it in any school in the country. You know, mm -hmm. we learned about Plymouth Rock and we learned about all of those kinds of things that every history student across the country learns out of a textbook that was designed to be evergreen for everybody, right? So we didn't have any real, I mean, a little bit, we'd go to the National Seashore and we'd do a few field trips here and there. But uh, as I dug into some of the history with, with Protect Our Past, I realized how little I actually knew, um, you know, the most, um, you know, the most telltale one was the, demolition in 1964 of the exchange building in my hometown now i mm -hmm. wasn't born yet but i had never even heard about that like i didn't even know when i saw that that building actually existed at one point in harwich you know um i was like wow like how, how did how did i never ever learn that that amazing building was t torn to the ground um in the 60s it's just and and that's that's one of a hundred examples i could give you but um, it's just, it's just amazing. And I'm a history buff. Like how did, how did, how did that never, never, uh, cross my path? And the crazy thing is I brought up to other people and they'd never heard about it, including my parents and my sister. So it, it's just, that's just one example again of, of many things, but, mm -hmm. uh, just goes to show you that when I was a kid, they just didn't, they didn't spend a lot of time on it. And that's why I think so few people really dug in and cared about it. Well, it's, um, you know, I think of the 60s as being recent history. I guess to many people it's really not. But that was a ginormous building with so many wonderful functions. And there's really, other than this one stone that nobody ever stops and reads because it's not very legible, there's no evidence of it having been there or the role it played in society in, during, that, during those times that it existed. But it's just one among many. Um, tell us about... Uh, I know that when we went around film for Love Letter of Cape Cod, there were many things that all of us were surprised at. But in addition to that, is there another historical uh, spot, another something that is no longer there that you were just so surprised and sad to see that it's gone? Uh, well, I think some of the streetscapes surprised me, right? When we went up to Sandwich and we saw what they were doing on some of the areas around you know, the glass factory areas where they had um, had some of the houses that were now set back. And I learned about how, you know, the way the roads were and, and, and you, you had to have the houses right up against, or the houses were right up against the road. And now when you build them, they build them way back. So I think the fact that we've lost some of those, those streetscapes really, really stuck out to me. But I will also say that, that one of the things is, is there have been some positive things uh, of, of places that I didn't know about that were saved, like the Highfield Hall story in Falmouth is, is extraordinary what that community did. I mean, 99.9% um, .9 of the time, that place would have been torn to the ground and, um, and not saved because it was falling down when they, when they, when they fixed it up and created it into a, uh, an amazing community center for that community up in Falmouth. So I think there, there are some, there are some great stories too, but, you know, I think Ellen, the, the amount of, Gosh, the amount of just regular, cool, historic houses that have been torn down is just what what shocks what shocked me. Like you know, lots of them in and around Chatham, with, you know, big mansions being put up that are used a couple weeks a year. It's it's um, 
so I think that's what's that's what's so tough to see. Yeah, and Dennis, I think you know when when we talk about uh, the first film, Love Letter to Cape Cod, you know there was a shock element that um, was part of the film. And um, to disturb, motivate, alert people about this trend that's going on. And what was the highlight of that production for you personally? Well, I think the highlight for me was to be able to step into places that I, again, didn't even know existed. I think about the Crosby Mansion. I mentioned Highfield Hall. I mentioned, you know, we went by the house that Helen Keller spent some time at. I mean, there were just so many places I got to visit. Uh, little areas and little towns that I never got to see and um, and growing up and it was just the the number of places um, that we got to visit to visit and it was you know I really I really dug into it and also I think the the cool thing uh, that I learned is it wasn't all about big houses you know I learned about these little capes that mm-hmm. have been around forever too and it, it and I I think sometimes when people think you're trying to save houses you're trying to save like historic mansions but no every one of those little charming capes that's getting torn down is is destroying the fabric of cape cod as well and and i think that's that's one of the things i didn't understand either until i did um love letter i I didn't understand that it wasn't just about um the rich people and and the big houses it was about every kind of little historic house that are all over cape cod well we are so um, touched and pleased with the responses people have had to Love Letter of Cape, to Cape Cod, which we are still happy to show at different venues. Anybody wants to have a, have a show it to an organization, at libraries, schools, wherever, just contact me, Ellen, at protectourpast.org, and we will come and show that film. Um, I think, uh, I mean, you are an integral part of it, Dennis, and I think... It really touches people's hearts, but also teaches the lessons that it's important to save these historic uh, properties, and they are very livable. And Ellen, by the way, if I could just pause you, um, where can people go to get more information for the first-time listeners? Well, at our website, protectourpast.org, and we have YouTube um, site as well, and we have pop reels as well as Love Letter, and soon we will be, hopefully tomorrow— Maybe by today for sure, when you all listen to this, Life Rings, our second release, actually it's our third, um, will be on YouTube. So let's get right to Life Rings, because Dennis, you were producer for that as well. Um, what, what, from your point of view, what is meant by Life Rings? And, and explain to everybody how we came up with that title. Well, I mean, it's about the rings that you see in an old tree, right? They they show the age of that tree, and uh, they show the life that that tree has, has lived. And so much of the old-growth wood that the settlers on Cape Cod found had a depth of life, life rings that we'll never see again, right? That stuff was was all used for ships and for houses and for... A variety of things around the Cape Inns, whatever they were building, they needed to build their their farms and their ships. Uh, so they used this old growth wood that was was all over Cape Cod, all over New England, frankly. And um, that wood is irreplaceable. And um, we came up with the name because you know life rings. It is it is the life of a tree of, of a tree, and it, it and it's and it's long, right? For some trees. Um, and then we we learned through the film that. 
Uh, this fast growth wood has, you know, uh, bigger rings that uh, show that the, the it hasn't lived as long. So it's just, it, it's just, and it. What I couldn't believe was how articulate our guests were on um, the people we interviewed in in Life Rings on really how amazing that wood is was and how irreplaceable it is. You know, when I think about one of the highlights of the film is uh, the house up in Sandwich that was being restored that had the beams on it with the worm marks. And I was actually speaking to somebody about this last week um, because we were talking about the the thickness of wood and how, you know, old growth wood, the the bugs can't get into it, the insects can't get into it. And I never knew that. I never knew that like the reason that they had the worm marks is because they couldn't penetrate the wood. They could only penetrate the bark on this wood. And it's just, and those, and those um, worm lines are all over these beams in this house. It's just extraordinary things like that you learn. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, I, you know, when, and life rings came because of all the amazing things that people saw in love letter, the number one thing that they took away when we kind of pulled people and talked to them, what's your most memorable moment? Wow, I had no idea about the wood in these houses. So mm-hmm. We're like, well, we have to talk a little more. We have to talk a little more about yeah. that. So how and was that's your... where we that's where we took off on the on the, on the uh-huh. film. So how was your your production experience different with the second film? Because again, we're still trying to evoke emotion from our viewers. Uh, that saw not only the first film but the second one. But again, how was your experience different in your work with Life Rings? Well, for me, it was more personal because I I, I believe very strongly, and and um, gosh, had had the support of uh, John Jacoby, and boy, do we miss him. And and I I know we're probably going to talk more about. It. I, I couldn't have done one second of this thing or produced one minute of it without him and 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 his brilliance. Um, but but we both set out on, on this journey to sort of make it um, a little more interactive. So you'll see in this film, we don't just plop people down in seats and um, interview them, that we move around with them. We, we look at stuff together. Um, yes, there's some standing and talking because you need to do that. But there is a lot more. I think there's a lot more movement in this. Um, so so it, it, it flows a little faster. Um uh, to me anyways. And then, and then I think we were really focused and on, on the education piece of this, uh, Ellen does a really amazing job of sourcing our guests, our interviewees for this and to find some of the, um, you know, scientific backing to what we were saying, some of the environmental impact moments that this film has, uh, were very, were very important. Um, otherwise you're preaching. Right. And I think, um, you know, John was always good at this. And, and I've always, as a former journalist, I think about this all the time. Um, while we have a position, we never want it to be too preachy. Right. We mm-hmm. want it to be based on uh, people's opinions, facts, um, various opinions, things like that. So um, it's by no means some journalistic, you know, endeavor, really, uh, to the sense that we're equally showing both sides but i do think it it evokes uh the opportunity to really understand a side and and formulate your opinion from an educated space rather than from 
a space where you just you don't know anything. So mm-hmm. that's good job, Ellen. Really does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. When you get yeah, good so people, good it's job. easy, right? That that makes a big difference. Um, I think one of the th- well, I know that one of our objectives were was to bring up the reality of the eco consequences of demolition and new builds. Uh, I think that is very clearly pointed out, and and I think it surprises a lot of people. When I said in the beginning that um, we that we're about implementing solutions that turn around the tide of demolition, because we care about saving history and the planet, and then I said the two go together. I imagine some people said, "What do you? How could that be? I don't understand. How could the two go together?" But if you're saving history. You're saving the essence of what this planet was made of, and that includes structurally. Mm-hmm. So, Dennis, what do you say about that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really profound. I think the the embodied carbon that's in a in a existing property that has old wood and great bones uh, to tear that down and think you're going to build something that's eco friendly is is silly. I mean, it, the, the carbon it takes to build that is is going to take a long time to make up for that so while a an older house can't be a hundred percent efficient it's not realistic to think it can be from an eco standpoint even that house at 75 or 80 percent is better than tearing it down and and building something new um with the car with the carbon it takes to build that new house so it it's just it, it again it's an astonishing thing to think about uh but really uh, echo being echo friendly and and conscious about the environment really comes down to the first priority should be saving buildings saving mm-hmm. properties and this doesn't even just go for old buildings i mean i thought uh ellen what mike said in this film uh mike jackson said uh at least once or twice about you know even if you have a a commercial building that was built in the 70s and you can retrofit it rather than tear it down or a shopping mall or anything in this day and age. I mean, I, I'm in Florida, I'm in Delray Beach and every single day I drive by stuff that has no business being torn down, getting torn down. They just tear it down They build some new concrete structure here. That's all they do down here in Florida. There's no rules. So, well, let's just um, also talked about the waste. You know, we're talking about, you, you yeah. mentioned carbon, but you know, think of the waste. And what's happening to yeah. that waste? And how it's do you? It's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. It's got to be moved, right. and then it's got to be well, with cement. I just crush it down, probably. But wood, they burn it. What's the? Why yeah. do that? It just doesn't make sense. But we've, uh, you know, I applaud you, um, Dennis, and our film team, and of course John, who we miss terribly, but we will move forward. Um, and with his vision, but I applaud you so highly for the work you've done for us. And it's just, it's hard to put in words. Um, but I do want to, you know, remember, well, I'll let you take this about our Am ghost, I, the ghost story. To, yeah, I'm going to ask oh, you to the, take, pick up the ghost story. Oh, sure. Well, Dennis, <laughs> <laughs> Dennis last month, um, we had uh, TV personality and ghost hunter uh, and paranormal expert Adam Barry on the show. Um, tell us about the ghost story story shared in Life Rings. Oh, it's so good. Um, it, it was, uh, you know, it was a painting job being done, and um, and, and the, the doors opened 
one of the doors open, and he asks, can you please close that door? And then the other door opens, and he asks, can you please close that door? And both doors close, and then <laughs> he went on with his painting. So that was that was incredible, and, you know, Ellen, it leads us to believe, it leads us to think about um, how many more of those stories are out there, right? Oh, you know, yeah. In, in these houses, so... Um, yeah, it, it, it's incredible. And we're going to walk, we're going to uh, move forward with that concept, right? You want to go ahead and talk about what we're uh, envisioning for our next film for next year? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're you know, these houses uh, have stories. Uh, again, one of the great things uh, that came out of, another thing that came out of, of Life Rings was the, was the letter that was in the wall of one of the houses, and it was from when the house was built, and um, there's a line in it. Can you imagine how many of those letters have been thrown to dumpsters in dumpsters? Because I'm sure it wasn't the only house that had that. And, um, this is how these, these people have to find this letter to the wall to talk about who built it, who the politicians were at the time, all that kind of stuff. So we want to dig into ghost stories and houses that have stories and, you know, sort of if the walls could talk kind of thing. So um, each each house has such a uh, such a cool story. And we want to make uh, we want to make sure that uh, just like Jared's story in, in in Life Rings, that that ghost story from the from from his painting job, that we are able to um, also kind of build on that and find other people like like him with great stories. And I'm going to carry forward with that and put out a call to action to anybody who's listening. Who What's has, the call? Yeah. Well, someone who has an historic who lives in a historic house or knows of an historic structure that has a story. Now, ghost stories are fun, and we will certainly look at that. But also captain stories and Mm -hmm. interesting stories that when you said walls could talk, what would these walls say? We want to hear from you who are listening. Please just contact me at ellen at protectourpast.org. And let me know that you know of a house or you have a house that have some interesting stories because we're starting to put together the concept and then build on it for our next film. But keep it PG-13 because this is a family program. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, That's right. Okay. So. Um, what, what else we got, Ellen? What, what else we, what else we want to cover with Dennis? Well, there's a lot we can cover with Dennis, first of mm-hmm. all. Yeah, we did talk about the fact that he's engaged. So uh, we all want to come to the <laughs> wedding. Uh, just let let us know. Okay, that'll be fun. Um, what is it? You know, you have um, you have a whole other career. You have a, a a company that produces films and and ads and things, but you do take the time for protect our past. Again, I want to thank you for that. But is there? something that's very poignant about it that keeps you coming back because after all you have to work with me and other people maybe there's and that's not easy yeah <laughs> no it is it is easy you are you are terrific um you know i just think it's my my connection to cape cod my love of history my actually belief in the in the in the story too the idea that we do need to save these places for future generations i think we're in a disposable um time in our society where we just throw things away and I mean our country was founded right there and it's 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 you know it's as important as you know there's certain things about Cape Cod that are as important as the Liberty Bell or the Washington Monument or any of these historic places 
that people go and, and are very iconic across the country. Um, the Cape has all of that embedded in it. And it's like no other place. Um, you know, I've, I've lived in a lot of different places. And whenever I bring people to the Cape, they're like, they still even feel like it's a little bit of a time warp. You're never going to go into Chatham and see a McDonald's, right? Or um, any fast food other than, I guess, Dunkin' Donuts, but uh, which you see everywhere in Massachusetts. But um, you, you really don't, right? So it, it's still got some of it. But, you know, we have the potential, if this stuff happens, um, do we have the potential to lose all of its charm at some point. And I think that's what inspires me is to try and try and maintain that, um, you know, for my kids and their kids to, mm-hmm. to see it. And, and I, I, the great story is my daughter who um, now has never lived on the Cape. My younger one spent three summers during college working at uh, Chatham Bars Inn. And uh, she says, dad, I will always be connected to the Cape, not just because of you, but because of my summers there. And she says that, um, you know, her dream is to have a place there someday. And so it's, it's just, you know, that you, you, you got to be able to pass that on. And, and, and that comes from a, her, herself, right? She's, she, it didn't really come from me. It came from her own life experiences on Cape Cod. And for me, that's pretty special. Well, Dennis, um, we're getting small on our time here for the program. Uh, first of all, we want to thank you uh, for being our guest today. And uh, attention, Kmart shoppers, Life Rings is a must-see Go to our website, protectourpast.org, or to YouTube to watch it. Also, check local listings if it's being shown in a neighborhood near you. Dennis, thank you for being our pop guest today. And folks, become a friend of pop. Go to our website and be sure to tune in on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 1230 right here on WOMR. Also, you can listen to our podcast, Protect Our Past, found on the WOMR website. And go to... See our films on the YouTube. We have Pop Reels as well, the YouTube page, Protect Our Past. Um, But I would love for you, I'm going to repeat this, we need friends. We do. Friends who care about the Cape. Friends who, who, who have experienced what Dennis just explained his daughter experienced. You, there's something about the Cape that gets under your blood, and it's, and it's really embedded in the history and what happened here years ago. Now, we're a young country, but for our country, this is the, one of the oldest parts. So, um, and we're a young organization, so we need your help. And we need friends. So be a friend of POP. Go to our website, protectourpast.org, and there's a place there where you can just click, and uh, we have QR codes, and we make it easy. Mm-hmm. Any amount, any amount, I don't care. What every little bit counts. No denomination is too small. No, no. But we do like the large ones, if in we case like there too. is one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're so, because what we're doing is trying to protect the past of Cape Cod. Matt. Ellen, it's time for the quote, right? Yeah. Is I don't it think your I turn? have to read it anymore. You, you've memorized it? Let's right. see. Yes. Try. So uh, at the conclusion of every program, we uh, close with a quote by John Sawhill, Saw which is, in the end, society will not only be defined by what it creates, but what it refuses to destroy. Think about it, folks. And until next time, thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Protect our past.